Welcome to this week's episode of Soccer Neophytes Podcast. It's melancholy in the Midlands. A Liverpool letdown. Manchester menaces. And Nate is going to England. Gentlemen, what's up? How we doing? What's going on, man? Hey, hey. I mean, typically you wouldn't lead the episode with uh, all the shitty teams, but because we have a neophyte and that neophyte is watching matches of particular teams to see if he wants to choose them in the long run, um, it hasn't made a decision yet on who he wants to support, just continues to like, just honestly watch matches with an open heart and see if there's anyone that he wants to support. I don't think there's anyone he's found yet. Um, because he supported, uh, or because he, he watched Lester, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna hear a little bit about Lester city, and then we're going to talk about, uh, some really shitty soccer teams right now. So Andrew, um, tell us about the Leicester city match and, and what you noticed and what you, what you really liked about them. Um, I'm going to start with something positive. Oh, good. They are significantly better than their record would indicate. I agree. I think that they definitely need a striker, um, because they are, they're good with possession. They're good with passing. They're good. They just can't put it in the goal. They just cannot score a goal. They they can get there, but I thought you were talking about Lester, not Wolves. <laughs> Sorry, you're right. Uh, that's fair. Um, I think they they're slightly better than Wolves. Sorry. They may be. They may be. Um, they just they're they're really good at everything except scoring. Um, and I think that once they can finally maybe get a couple of lucky bounces, I don't know, maybe they're, they can avoid relegation right now. I think they're in 19th, right? Yes. Um, so, I mean, they're not as bad as their record. Again, that's going to be the, the, the best thing I can say about them. Can I talk about the worst thing about them real quick? Yeah. When we were going through the list of worst kits, the fact that Lester didn't come up at all. Did you see what they were wearing? Did Actually, you were, was it the tan ones? The khaki shorts with the, the white-ish sleeves with designs on it, but they've got the khaki sleeves. They are both, when you don't see them against the green, and when you do see them against the green, they are awful. I do not understand how anybody legally allows people to wear stuff that ugly. It is the most, it, it's, you know how I make fun of Newcastle, um, both on the, on the podcast and uh, in the texts. Yes. They make Newcastle look like Versace. Okay. That's yeah, how awful these kits were. Those are, um, those are bad kits. I saw them. Um, I can't remember. Someone else has a tan kit that I, that I liked. And so when I saw that on the pitch, I was like, those look way worse than I thought they would. But those aren't the ones that I like. No, the white with the burgundy lettering and no, those are bad kits. Yeah. 
and especially when they're up against Bournemouth, who have that those awesome red uh, ones with like the black lightning bolt looking thing. Yeah, I mean, they are worse than those. Anyway, that's that's the best I can do. Um, it was a it was I mean it wasn't the worst match I've had to watch as part of this assignment that we do every <laughs> week, but um, I mean, it it wasn't fun. Um, Bournemouth, you guys all picked to come in last, and they're they're moving in that direction. Leicester, Bournemouth's in eighth right now, and I guess they deserve a bit of mention. They're in eighth, and they're unbeaten in their last five matches. Um, since they replaced what's his name? Yeah, since they got the yeah uh, Parker Scott Parker Scott Parker. Uh, so they have uh, an interim posh Casey Affleck. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't have really much else to say other than um, if I had watched them in week one, we'd probably never mention them again for the rest of the podcast. Well, it is again. I think you're coming in fresh, but it is pretty. It is pretty remarkable to look at the table and see Leicester. I know you don't believe it, but Wolves, Aston Villa has kind of hovered around that spot, um, but. I think they've made some signings that you would think they would be higher up, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting, but the Midlands, the Midlands, the center of England, uh, Birmingham, if you've watched Peaky Blinders, that is the Midlands. Uh, so there are four clubs currently in the premier league in the Midlands, Leicester, Wolverhampton, Nottingham forest and Aston Villa. And not only do they have that in common that they're from the same region, but they're all very shitty. And other than Nottingham Forest, although we uh, we predicted them to be our Wolves a win award winner, well, actually, it's not even true. They have a lot of talent on that team. Aston Villa, Wolves, Leicester, and Nottingham Forest have a lot of talent on that team. Nottingham, we've kind of talked about in previously about that fact that they're just don't seem to be gelling when you sign 22 new players, but uh, it is pretty shocking Villa wolves and Lester to be down there, but all that to say atrocious teams all from the same region. And I get to watch two of them play each other on Saturday live and in person. So Chris, my question for you is, which of those four teams do you feel most confident won't go down and which would you feel most confident will go down out of those four just right now out of wolves, Aston, Bournemouth forest. No, Nottingham forest and Leicester out of the Midlands teams. Okay. Um, Yeah. I would say I would be most worried if I'm a Wolves fan. Okay. Uh, who am I most confident in going down? No, staying up. Stay like, up. Out of those four teams, which one would you say you're most confident will stay up? Dude, it's, it's crazy to say this, but Lester. Mm. That I, I mean, unless Jamie Vardy is just dead and like he had – just five ridiculous years out of nowhere and now he's just toast that team still has a lot of talent 
a lot of talent and, and we've been over it. Brendan Rogers is a great coach. Yeah. So um, I, I look at their roster and their coach and I go, this team should be better. So I think they can get out of there. Um, Wolves worry me the most because they legitimately just can't score. Totally. And you can't you have to score. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to. Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. You know, whoever they bring in as their coach, maybe he can get the offense turned around. I mean, who would have thought that, you know, the offense would have gone further south after um, Santos leaving. Yeah. Like that, that was, that's insane that, that somehow someone came in and did a worse offensive job than him. Um, but at least his defense was so fundamentally sound. Yeah. It was okay. So I don't know, man. I, I, and I hate to say that. I really do. I, know. Um, I understand. I'm not, but a fan. I, w- I would be very worried if I were a Wolves fan. Yeah. I saw a tweet that said, I think now you have to go to the eighth tier of English football to find a team who has scored less goals than the Wolves this season. The eighth, the eighth. Yeah, that's that's like semi-pro. That's dudes, that's like that's borderline beer league yeah. soccer, weekend <laughs> soccer. Yeah, that's when you're talking about like the volunteer firefighters. And... Yeah, that's lower than Wrexham, just for the record. Though. That is lower than Wrexham. Yeah. There's a girl, there's a woman, girl, woman, Amber Hughes. She's on, she scored eight goals for Wolves women. And I <laughs> tweeted, I'm like, she should, they should give her a run out there this weekend. I mean, she couldn't do worse. Yeah. And now I will say, you know, we forget how last season tends to start or the season before tends to start wolves hovered between 14 and 17 for a lot of the first half. So it's not like they're in, you know, unknown territory by any means. So, you know, they finished 10th in the table last year. There's still so much time to turn this around. And, And we're even in the point right now where United had, I think a three point lead on everybody and they were at the top of the table. So, um, there's a only lot. three points difference between eight and 16. I do want to just emphasize right. that. There's so right. much movement that'll happen still. Yeah, there's, but there's a lot of warning signs at Wolves right now. And that's all is, you know, take notice because that's scary. Totally. Yep. All right. Well, enough of talk about uh, shitty teams. Let's, let's talk about uh, Arsenal and Liverpool. Uh, very exciting match. One of, one of the matches, I would say, at least out of the matches I've watched, which certainly I haven't watched them all, but I would say match of the year, um, back and forth battle, two excellent teams going head to head with a decent amount of controversy. Uh, very exciting, very exciting match. Um, I know we were, we were texting during the midst of it, gentlemen, but but any comments? I know, uh, obviously, Arsenal came away with three two winners at Anfield, um, or not at Anfield at the Emirates. So that's a huge win for them. Keeps them top of table. Really, a statement win for them. I think, especially having come off the win versus Tottenham last weekend. Uh, important wins for them. They got to they got to keep doing it if they want to finish towards the top. So. Um, we can talk about the controversies. We can talk about uh, anything you guys want to talk about with this match. Well, so 
I didn't see it. I was coaching Little League while this game was going on, and the game ended, and I looked at my phone and saw 736 text messages from you guys, and I thought, they'll explain it to me on the podcast. That's great. Um, it, this As is in, the best match of the year so far. There's, yeah. no, there's no doubt about it. It's, am I on mute? You guys can hear me. No, no you're good. Um, um, yeah, no, this is the most exciting match. Again, it was another good one. Um, since I haven't chosen a team, I have no problem saying this. Arsenal's incredible. Yeah. They're fast. They play press defense. Um, I think that uh, Liverpool was doing the same strategy Tottenham was doing last week until they got screwed by that red card where they were fine with the press defense and they kept looking for breakaways and they kept getting them. And um, I think that's how you have to play Arsenal. Uh, unfortunately, they're playing 12 on 11 because for the second week in a row, Arsenal just gets another incredible foul call that uh, uh, it shifts the game. And I don't get it. I didn't get it last week. I don't get it this week. I think Arsenal's getting some very beneficial calls. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It was a beneficial call. Um, we're talking about the foul in the box. Um, I think, you know, I've watched it over a couple times now and it's a, it's soft. It's for sure. Soft. soft. But in, during the, these are the things I look for because obviously we're neophytes and we're learning the game. So what I do is I look to the experts as much as I can. How do, how do the commentators react when it happens? And then what, after it's been watched a hundred times, how do the like commentators in studio commentators talk about it? And both of the commentators during the match said they thought it was soft, but they said it was a foul and same afterwards. Um, the, I think it was Tim Howard who was doing the recap said it's soft, but it's definitely a foul. So you can go back and forth. These are the type of things that happened all the time to, to clubs. And obviously in a match that's this important, especially for a team like Liverpool, who should be in the top four and are struggling. Um, there's a lot to be frustrated about when that goes against you. Um, but, but if it's a foul, I guess it's a foul, even if it's soft. Um, okay. So. But if it's soft and it's a foul, then how are we not talking about the handball on Jesus? Yeah, no, I agree. I thought that that to me was a lot more egregious in the match. It uh, was it was more obvious too, in my and, opinion, and for sure more obvious. Tim, Tim, who's not on the podcast, he's at the War on Drugs concert tonight. Um, he he even defended the handball a little more. He was far more upset about the, the foul in the box, which it had greater implications, but um, that is something with the handball that I guess this is a mini. Did you know, or knowing is half the battle, but they do. If, a if the distance between the defender and the ball, like in the offensive player is really small and the ball hits your hand, they're less likely to call it because a defender has no chance of reacting. So, and that's, what's, that's, what's I think frustrating for, for fans because they're arbitrary calls. What does it mean? There's no, there's no zone. It's not like, Oh, if you're within a meter, it's not a handball. So, so there's no, I think official rule. 
it's arbitrary. And that's what becomes frustrating, you know? And so there was a, there was a ruling on uh, Jao Matinho last year against Man City where the ball hit him like in the shoulder area and they called it a handball. And we Wolves were furious about it. And those, you know, those are the things where you're like, that to me is more egregious. Like that to me is more questionable than what we saw on Saturday or on Sunday with this handball, you know? So, so all that to say, you know, it happens in all sports, but in low scoring games where a foul in the box really drastically affects the game, um, they matter more. It's like the 1968 Supreme Court definition of pornography. The chief justice says, I'll know it when I see it. <laughs> yes. Great. yes. Thank you. It's not subjective. Yeah, no, it, it kind of bothers me because I was watching this one ref explain it. And he's like, well, the first thing you look at is how much separation the hand is from the body, right? Yeah. And that clearly met the criteria. Um, and then you telling me the more, you know, about, oh, the proximity, ah, it's frustrating. And again, I realize that there is a lot of subjectivity. I'm fine with that. It just annoys me that everything keeps going Arsenal's way, even though I haven't chosen a team yet. And I have no reason to be this upset about Arsenal getting so many beneficial calls. That's all I'm saying. Well, let's talk about the Manchester teams. Holland, I don't know what's going on with him, guys. Like, he only scored once. He only scored once. I Is think, he healthy? I think it's the end. I think it's the end of Holland. Um, drop him from your your fantasy Premier League teams. He had a she had a shot early on that he didn't score. Can you believe it? Um, oh. I just I think I think it's the end. He's washed up. Um, so. Could you imagine being the team dumb enough to pay sixty million dollars for his transfer? <laughs> I know uh, they're so dumb. Can we so just dumb. say also that um, on October 8th, I saw a tweet and all it said was Erling Holland has scored 20 goals for Manchester city. It's October 8th. That was yeah. the whole tweet. No, 20 goals. It's yeah. been what? Nine games plus some champion uh, champions league games. Yeah. Dude. Well, and clearly, clearly they're completely dependent on him too. Like really? that's the thing. Like if he doesn't score, who's going to score? How are they going to win? I mean, they just God. are completely dependent on him. They're so good. They are so good. So I think that's all that needs to be said Four nil, just clinical Manchester city. But there's another Manchester team, Chris, there is, there is. they got, they got a good win. Our Everton's not a great team, but on the road, yeah. to get the two-one win after being down one-nil off a great strike. Yeah, uh, wow, that was a great. Was that goal. a Wobie? It was yep. a Wobie, right? I love that. Yep. I love a Wobie, but yeah, yeah, that was a great strike by him. Um, yeah, United came back. Everton, you know, they're top half of the, well, they were top half of the table until they just lost. So now they're a staggering one point out of top half. So, yeah. um, yeah, it was a good match. Uh, ever since I've been a fan, United has struggled with Everton. And mm. uh, usually they're relatively close games that Everton figures out how to pull off or does a comeback and gets the draw. I've seen it so many times. So I thought it was going to happen again, and it didn't. So that was cool. Um, and 
we should probably give a little bit of a shout out to that guy that you love the most, Nate. Oh, Ronaldo. my favorite. My favorite. Uh, congratulations, Ronaldo. Game winner and 700th career club goal, furthering, I believe, his record. Was yep. that his first of the season? Yes. Well, in in the Premier League, he had scored in one of the cup matches. Got it. Uh, so first goal in the Premier League this season, 700th goal in club soccer. He's got 816 goals in his career overall, which is a record. Um, so good day for him. And, and kind of going back to the handball thing, I don't know if you guys saw Marcus Rashford's disallowed goal with 10 minutes to go, which kind of kept Everton in that game. Um, it's kind of a weird situation. Heard commentators say, you know, that's one of those where it can go either way. Rashford after the game basically said, you know, there's no consistency with VAR anymore. So who knows if it was or wasn't, but he was kind of on a breakaway, chipped it up. It hit off Pickford and kind of hit his shoulder bicep area, I think, but he wasn't out extended. It went straight up into him and then down to his feet and he put it in, uh, called a goal on the field, disallowed via VAR as a handball. So that would have made it three, one Rashford's been so good this year. Yeah. So Well, lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lately, it's so good to see him back in that form. Um, He's a great player, Andrew. I, I mean, we haven't talked about him almost at all, but not just a great player, but seems to be a great dude. He's done a lot for like home, uh, uh, kids, like feeding children in in England. Um, just seems to be an all around great guy and has traditionally been a great player for them and has just started slow this year. I don't remember even how he well, finished last year, but terribly. He had a terrible year last year. It started with uh, he tore his rotator cuff and missed the first couple months of the season. Never really got going. United season was just, just a disaster, but he looked pretty bad last year different injuries on and off. So last year was a throwaway year, but to see him back like this is really good for yeah. United at least. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been, uh, it was a good match. Um, trying to think of there's, there's a big match coming up soon, Andrew. I don't know if you've checked the schedule, but a team you may or may not like plays them very soon. Mm. Oh, I'm well aware. And I am very, very excited. I will be at Faber McGee's on Elliot and Dobson watching that match, no matter what time of day it is. Ooh, well, we should we should all go. I was gonna yeah. say maybe I'll venture out and join you. Yeah. I need to check. Tim uh, Tim was there, by the way. No, no, I just want to clarify. Hold on. It is a Tottenham bar. Yeah, no, we know. That's fine. Okay. I'm gonna say don't do anything stupid. But you'll want to find out if they allow uh opposing fans because Tim was very uh strongly opposed to me joining him in a wolves top with at the Liverpool uh pub. Was it because you were wearing a Wolves bikini or was it just a Wolves t-shirt? My Wolves thong. Okay. That, that explains a little bit more. Yeah. My Wolves thong. I think we should also Tottenham with a good win this weekend. I didn't really have this on the show notes, but Tottenham with a good win. Brighton is a good club. And they like, were number five right before they, this, right? And yeah, but they, they, they played Tottenham well, and um, I think, again, we talked about it last week, whether or not, you know, Brighton will, will maintain kind of a top, top six aspirations this year. They're seventh right now on just 
tied with Newcastle, but seventh on uh, goal differential. Um, I thought Brighton looked good. I yeah. um, I mean, granted, they were at home. Yeah. I, I think Tottenham's a better team. Probably, but yeah. I thought Brighton talent. at home, I thought they played well. I thought they were aggressive. I thought um, – I, I thought it was another one of those matches where I absolutely hate Sun Hyung Min. Um, he just had another stinker, and they pulled him, I think, in like the 56th minute or something because he just wasn't doing anything. Um, this team is extremely reliant on Harry Kane. He's got eight of their 20 goals. <laughs> um, and- he has eight goals in nine matches, which typically would be getting all of the headlines. Yes. I mean, it- it really is a shame for him. He's getting completely out sh- overshadowed by Holland, but eight goals in nine matches is a remarkable run. Oh, I'm well aware. I yell Harry Kane's name in my sleep sometimes because I'm we like, know. yay. We, we, uh, well, I don't know about in your sleep. Whoa, I guess I remember. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah. Wait, don't, hey, I don't mean, never mind. In, the cat in text, out of the text. Yeah. Um, but no, it was a, it was a fun match. Um it was a defensive match. Uh, it was a tactical match. It, I mean, it wasn't the most exciting. Tottenham took the lead early, I think, in the 22nd minute. And then they they just, I don't know, they weren't pressing it the way they normally do. I guess they were just content with the 1-0 on the road. I don't know. Yeah, those sometimes that happens on a road Um on a road match where once you get the lead, you kind of maybe park the bus a little more and try and preserve the three points. So, which uh, is why they pulled Sun early, I guess. And uh, yeah, Sensenyan got some time. Obviously, Royal was out because he got his red. So, hmm, maybe that's why. Yeah. Um, but Spurs, good win. They're, they're in third. Can I tell you about some like weird things when you look at the table? <clears throat> weird things I'm seeing right now that I want you guys to answer. Man City hasn't lost a single game. They've drawn twice. How many games will they lose? The over under is set at three. You're setting it at three. Actually, I'm setting the over under on losses at two and a half for Manchester City. Okay. So they got 20, they have 29 more matches to go. In the Premier League, we're talking not champions. Gotcha. Um, I'll take. So you. they have to play. Hold on, let's go through this. They have to play Tottenham twice. They have. I don't to, even need to go through it. I'm taking the under. You're taking the under. Yeah. They'll draw teams. They'll get a couple more draws. Tottenham I'm be contrarian. I'll say they. I'll say. I don't know if I. I can't. I absolutely can't say it. I'm taking the under. I can't say they're <laughs> going to win three games. Or lose three games, I mean. They only lost three games last year. They're, the entire they're season. so good. Who, who yeah. could beat them? There's, you know, once they've clinched, they'll, they'll pull the horses back a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal, eight ma- or nine matches, eight wins. Yeah. Um, can they keep on winning at an eight out of nine clip? No. No. No, no. No, no, no. Come on. They're, I mean, I know they're young. I've watched, I think I've watched almost every Arsenal match so far because they are very fun to watch. Yeah. Um, can they keep up this, this tempo that they're doing with the press where they're always up on you? Can they do it the whole season? 
I mean, we'll, the 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 true test will be there's World Cup, so the players that go to the World World Cup, and then they're still in Europa, so they do have extra matches each week, just like Man City, just like but but that'll be the true test. The advantage they have is they are very young, very young. So theoretically, they're with their youth, they would have the stamina, but um, yeah. I, I mean, know. they play fast. Yep. And that's that is the reason that they're dominating everybody is they're fast and they they just seem to have more energy than everybody else. It, it, it's crazy to watch them. Like it's tiring. I'm a I'm an old fat man. It is exhausting watching them run so much. Um I, I wish is there a way to track if they run more? Anyway, if they can if they don't get tired, then I think they can keep winning. I think um, I don't think they're going to beat City, but um, I, I still think that they're they're a very very good team. Yeah, okay. they're not likely to beat City, but they uh, they sh- it'll be a disappointing season if they don't uh, finish top four. Oh, they're def. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, they're probably almost certainly going to. I can yeah. Go All right, ne- next one I want to look at is Liverpool. They've played eight matches. They only have two wins. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. It's staggering. Um, they've played one less match than most teams. So a little bit of an explanation of why they're sitting in 10th. But even if they won that game, they'd be in uh, eighth. Um, is Liverpool going to make it to the top six? Yes. Probably. Okay. Top four, I think it would be a tougher question, but six, top six, I just, these teams are so talented, so talented, like, and I just don't see how, I just don't see how they don't make it top six, which would be a disappointment for them. So I think that we, we need to acknowledge that, that, that this has been a, this has been and top six would if they finish five or six, that's a disappointment for Liverpool. Can't imagine not seeing them in the Champions League. Okay, I have a table question now. Okay. Because I think this is fascinating, and I already hate the potential answers. Okay. But the top four, as they currently sit, are Arsenal, City, Tottenham, and Chelsea. You have to choose one of these four to not be in the top four at the end of the season. Please. Chelsea. Easy. I don't think Chelsea's actually that good. I think Tottenham's good. City and Arsenal, I think, are really good. But I don't I I don't think I picked Chelsea in the top four to start the season. And I picked those. Oh, I didn't I don't think I picked Arsenal in the top four either, but um they've they've proven themselves to me. But I think I think Chelsea's who do you have? City, Liverpool, Tottenham, and uh, maybe I did have Arsenal. I'll have to look, but okay. Chris, yeah, I, I did. I, I, had, I had Arsenal in fourth. I had City, Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal. Nice. I had Chelsea in sixth behind United, which is saying a lot for Nate. Uh, <laughs> sure. he actually picked Chelsea to win the league last year. So, did, did you really? Uh, yeah, I. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's between Tottenham and Chelsea. Um, 
I, I kind of just, I still am just not a Spurs believer other than Harry Kane and what he's doing there. They just don't impress me that much to go Shania Twain on you. Ooh, um, deep cut. Yeah. And I, I don't know, maybe it's just cause I'm so used to Chelsea being there uh, and the Spurs, you know, Spurs have not been up there the last few years. So to see him up there, it's still third like last year. Where are they? I stopped they watching finished last, year. last year. Okay. Um, he just overtook Arsenal on the final. Yeah, that's right. Season. Yeah, I, I like Graham Potter at Chelsea, so uh, got some confidence there. I, I don't know. I, it could be either of those teams I'll, just to be a contrarian and make you mad. I'll go with Spurs. Okay, ready for my answer? It's definitely either Tottenham or Chelsea because Arsenal and City are not going anywhere. Um, but I'm going to go with Chelsea is, is, getting, is leaving the four. Um, Tottenham is playing excellent despite the fact that they're, they have a limp and his name is Sun. Um, he is, if they were at full strength, they'd be in first place. So Tottenham's not going anywhere. Uh, they would have, well, they'd be in, they'd have 23 points instead of 20. That's all, never let's mind. Not, let's not would have, should have. Wolves also, if Wolves had a striker, we'd be in the top six right now. Yeah. So anyway, Chelsea's out. Um, I think. United might sneak in. Yeah. There's a lot I'm, of season left to play. Yeah. And I'm not even, I'm not going to say sneak in. I actually expect United to be in there. Um, Sorry, not sneak in. I agree with you. I, that's why I chose United. I think they're going to be fourth. And, and one thing I didn't talk about when we were talking about United is have you guys watched Anthony? Yeah, he's yeah. good. Holy hell, really that good. guy is good. Really yeah. good. Another yeah. goal this weekend. Yeah, I love it. I think it kind of always says something when a manager comes in and is pretty adamant about adding certain guys from his old club. Like, they just know those guys. They know what they're getting. And so, you know, Ten Hag is the reason they spent $100 million on Anthony. And it's the reason why they spent $60 million on Lissandro Martinez. And the reason those guys are playing, because they're freaking good. Yeah. So. I, I expect United to get into that top four. I think they finally have a tactical co- coach who's doing really well, and they have the talent. It's it's fun to be a United fan right now. Well, right, last last one on the table. Hang on, last one on the table. I apologize for it. Um, Wolves in nine matches have three goals. Will they get to thirty-eight goals on the season to at least average one goal a game? No. Well, that was simple. <laughs> Do you say no, Nate? Oh, yeah. Heard, we said no. Okay. We said no at the exact same time. Okay. I heard Andrew. He was much more decisive Wolves. and commanding. Oh, I was very de- decisive and commanding, too. It was. Got over, it just got over. It was over. a little bit more sullen, though. It was. Okay. Yeah. It was maybe sadder. <laughs> yeah. Wolves, scored, Wolves only scored 38 goals last year, and they finished 10th. So I don't know. I don't think they're going to f- score 38 this year. So. Okay. Fair enough. Wait, did the Wolves have the most clean sheets last year? Then how is that possible that they scored that they came in tenth if they only scored thirty eight goals? They didn't have the most clean sheets, but they were top four, maybe. So yeah. City, City had the most, and then probably Liverpool, maybe United. I think De Gea had quite a few. No, but no, no, it was not a bad to, year last year. Not last. to state the obvious, but I was clearly doing that to try out my new soccer lingo. Oh, nice! <laughs> well done. Well done. 
Well, speaking of new soccer lingo, uh, you had a question that you you texted out uh, early, early on Saturday about uh, knowing is half the battle. Yeah. What, um, so during the Arsenal, well, no, no, no. It was during the Tottenham match. Um, they were talking about um, how they were having high lines. I think it was the Arsenal match. It was but, the Arsenal match. Yeah. So then it was Sunday. Yeah. So, yeah. So high lines is if you were to draw like, so traditional formations are like four, four, two, four, three, three, four, four, two is like the original kind of formation. So four defenders, four midfielders, two attackers. And you've seen a ton of different formations. There's, you know, a four, two, three, one wolves have played that or four, four, three, one, two, like there's lots of different types of formations. So, but if you look, if you think of like a four, four, two formation, and if you were to draw a line through those players, those are your lines. So when they use the term high line, it's referring to the defenders, your, your final line of defense playing in a more forward position. So it's a high line. So there's, and I'm happy for anyone who knows way more about this to tweet at us or whatever, because there's probably more, lots of tactical reasons to do this, but a couple, a couple tactical reasons to do it. One is to play a more pressing style of, of socks. So that's why you notice that in the arsenal match, it's, it's indicative of a more pressing style and it does end up forcing a lot of offsides as well. Cause you're forcing the, so if you're playing a high line, it means the defenders can't be, they have to be more precise in their runs to get behind a high line, but it also makes you far more susceptible because if someone breaks through a high line, there's no one there uh, to, to cover. So, which is exactly what happened in the Tottenham and the Liverpool matches against yeah, Arsenal. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. That's right. So there you go. Knowing is half the battle, Andrew. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Well, as much as I hate to say it, and I was so pissed when I saw the starting lineup come out for Chelsea uh, Wolves, but uh, for our American watch, our very own Captain America, Christian Pulisic, started for Chelsea, finally, and he had a goal, and he played quite well. He had a cut. He had we're not doing a save of the week, but if we had a save of the week, I would nominate Jose saw because Pulisic put a shot on upper right corner that saw just made a phenomenal save, but Pulisic played really well. He played in his natural position out on the far left wing. Um, and he looked great and, uh, wolves, uh, didn't look that good and we're missing defenders are missing a lot of players, but, um, yeah, he scored a goal, so that's good for him. Uh, our other Americans, I just want to comment on Leeds, managed by an American with two Americans on the team, Tim Ream, or not, that's Fulham, uh, with two Americans on the team, they have not been looking well recently. And I guess we can talk about Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson over at Fulham too, but Fulham and Leeds have been struggling um, so Pulisic, good for him, but, but our other American contingent has not fared too well recently. 
Chris, can you tell us about Best Bet? You betcha. Uh, uh, Last week was another amazing week for the Neophyte crew. Um, Let's start with the the only one who actually won anything. No, two of us won. I take it back. Nate, you won too. All right. Andrew and Nate taking the cake home this past week. Andrew winning $37 as he took Chelsea to win outright, and they did. And then Nate took Newcastle outright to win. He won $83 on that one. Um, Because of that win, I am squarely driving the bus in last place. Um, I'm I'm down $730, guys. I'm going to need some help here pretty soon. So um, I'm in last, followed by Nate. At negative 585, even with his win, but he got out of the cellar. Let me take that over for a little bit. Uh, then we've got Kyle at negative 460, Tim at negative 350, and Andrew, the ultimate neophyte, at negative 146. Keep making those smart bets, Andrew. All right. Uh, this week, Kyle Tim not on the show. Kyle is taking Fulham minus 120. That's because he didn't submit again. I just want to point (laughs) that out. Kyle did not submit. So we gave him Fulham again, which I actually think uh, is not a horrible bet for him. Right. That might, that might benefit him this, this week. It it might. Yes. Uh, Tim did submit his bet. He took Brighton at plus 135. So he could win $135 if they take their match. Um, I mean, we may as well knock this out and just, one quick one. Oh no way, Andrew. You did you end up taking Brighton as well? No, he changed. Okay. So I took Forest, right? Yeah. Well, I took Forest and then you guys tailed me. So uh congratulations on that one. Hopefully it wins. Uh Forest is a plus 440 underdog against Wolves this week. Um this is the week to bet on Forest. They they may not win, but this is the week to bet on them for sure. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be, I'm literally going to be at that match. I will be so sad if Wolves lose, but But you'll be up 440 plus (laughs) fake 440. It's not even real 440, but, (laughs) but to be fair, when I, when you said, sorry, Nate, I was like, whatever he's taking Forrest. And then I saw the odds and I was like, those are like, that is for how poor Wolves have been playing. Those are remarkable odds. Like they're, The the chances of Forrest winning one nil are so high. Thousand so, uh, percent. That's a, that's the only reason I followed you guys because I really don't think Forrest is going to win, but it's four hundred and forty dollars worth of betting that they could. Totally. 100%, God. Right. No. It- and I, I think it's good to remind people, this is not locking in. This is not we're giving out guaranteed winners. No. This is best bet, meaning looking at all the lines that are out there, where is the most value? The most value this week is for sure on the 19th place team being a plus 440 underdog to the 18th place team. You guys, Forrest to win 1-0 is plus 1,400. I'm going to bet on that. I'm legitimately going to bet on that. Seriously. Gosh. I mean, that, that is, you should do one. You should do one nil. Okay. Let's figure this parlay. Do one nil. And then let's get, uh, 
let's get um, Morgan's Gib- Gibbs White as the goal scorer. So he returns to Wolves, who sold him. <laughs> the game. So Morgan Gibbs. I like him. I like Morgan. I, I like him too. Good. That is plus nine thousand one eighty five. I'll throw a dollar on. I'm going to, I'm legitimately going to throw a dollar on that. So that way, if I'm really pissed, I can at least in my heart know I can buy beers for all the, all my wolves friends after the match. That's fantastic. And that's why we do this segment. That's right. All right. Well, for matches of the week, there are really two that stand out (laughs) and not to anybody's surprise wolves and forest. The only reason anyone should be watching Wolves Forest is to maybe catch a glimpse of me in the feed. But other than that, you should stay away from that. You should, however, be watching Liverpool City, which regardless of how Liverpool, where Liverpool is in the standings, it's at Anfield. It is the match to watch. The last couple of seasons, they've been excellent matches. Um, a lot of talent. It's the Yankees, Red Sox. It's the, you know, if you want to look at a championship, Dodgers, Astros. That's like, it is the two current powerhouses facing each other. And so it's a must watch match. Uh, the other match I find very intriguing is Manchester United hosting Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle on the come up. They've been playing great. Manchester United also playing great. Um, those are the matches I would be watching. Anything you guys would add? No, I'd actually just say that the match of the week is United and Newcastle. Love it. Love it. What's Newcastle six right now? Yeah, it's five or six. Yeah, that's that's so good. Well, you do have to watch something on Saturday, so feel free. It's not too early, guys. 7 a.m. You can tune in, see if see if my mug will be on the screen at any at any point. That's not not a bad idea. I will for sure. Uh, can we get the rundown of what your week is going to look like? Yeah, guys, I'm I'm very excited. Um, so I fly in. I fly Thursday. Arrive Friday. Uh, I'm going to run out to uh, Arsenal Stadium, get some, take a, take a look at the stadium, go to the team shop, buy some stuff for Titus, uh, then take a train up to Wolverhampton Friday night. I'm going to watch the, that Friday night match, Brentford Brighton with Stu in a pub somewhere. Then Saturday is all day. We'll be, we'll be doing Wolves, Wolves Nottingham Forest. Uh, planning on meeting up with some of the Wolves fan cast crew after the match to go out for dinner and drinks. Then Sunday is still TBD. I'm going to call tomorrow. It's kind of my last ditch effort to get tickets to Leeds Arsenal. That's what I really want to do. I'd love to see that match to see American, see some Americans play. Um, But I don't, think it's possible it's been i've had no luck getting tickets very hard to get tickets so if i don't go to that match i'm going to go up to hull hull is a city in nor in the northeast not quite as far as as newcastle but it's in the northeast and they are hosting birmingham city it's a championship league match and there are lots of tickets available and it's the only non-premier league game that's happening on sunday so I will travel up there. It could be fun to see uh, 
a lower level team. Then on Monday, I'm going to, or I'm going to go to, I'm going to Sheffield after the whole match. I've got some friends there. I'm going to stay with. And then on Monday, I'm going to hit up Manchester in the morning. Then I'm going to head over to Liverpool. I'm going to just go and see the stadiums, uh, check out the towns, be back in Wolverhampton on Monday. And then on Tuesday, I'm taking the coach with Stu down to London. And then Tuesday night is Wolves Crystal Palace fly back on Wednesday. Very nice. Um, are you, you're not going to the Manchester United Newcastle game. Are you on Sunday? No, no, those it's impossible. It's like virtually impossible to get tickets. And I figured I would try, I've been trying to get leads. Leeds Arsenal is the one I've like poured my energy into trying to get. Um, but they don't have, it's not like you have StubHub here where you can even overpay for stuff, but they do. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, stuff hubs in the UK uh, via GoGo is the biggest ticket distributor in Europe. Okay. Well, I'll take a look, but as far as I know, it's virtually impossible to get tickets even on those sites. Well, I'll even try and reach out to some United people across the pond. Maybe they know people or might be able to see if they can find you something. Yeah. Well, if they, that would be so amazing to go to Old Trafford. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Reach out to a couple of people and see I'll, I'll pay and I'll, I'll go. Okay. So, yep. I'm not going to pay like exorbitant amount, but if it's a reasonable price, I'll, I'll pay for it. Cool, man. Well, we're excited for you. That's going to be quite a trip. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. I wish, wish you guys could have, some of you guys could have been able to come, but I understand it was short notice. So yeah. Andrew, who are you featuring uh, next week? Newcastle. Newcastle. Um, And yeah, the, the reason is they, um, they're not wearing those ugly home kits. So I'd be (laughs) able to watch them. Yeah. You told me I'd get used to it. It's I'm not used to it. It's awful. Well, you've They're been terrible. Watching, you've literally been watching the Premier League for two months. So I know, and I, I just want to gouge out my eyes. You're right. Well, some stuff to know about Newcastle as you watch. Founded in 1892, Newcastle is in the far northeast of England. Um, they're a pretty historic club. They have four titles, uh, top flight titles, but all of them are before 1930. So even though they're a classic club, they haven't won much in a uh, hundred years, basically. Um, they have classic kits, whether you like them or not is different, but they are very recognizable and have traditionally been one of the top, like overall grossing clubs in the world. They're owned by Saudis Um they purchased them last season. They were a miserable team before that horribly run, just a mess. Um, a lot of controversy around the, the Saudis who bought them, uh, mostly because there's some ties to the Royal family and it doesn't takes a lot of knowledge of what's happening in the world to know how they have, uh, some of the atrocities that, that their government has done. So there's definitely a lot of, there's some controversy about them being purchased, um, but they're very wealthy and they've invested a lot of money in this club. And so they are an exciting club to follow. Um, their ground is St. James Park. I think just from 
images is my favorite ground to look at it. Obviously I've never been, but I, it, it's probably the one I would want to see a match out the most 52,000 people, eighth largest in England. Their manager is Eddie Howe. He played for Bournemouth. He was a defender for them. 253 appearances for Bournemouth. So he played a lot. He had 12 goals in his career. Not too shabby for a defender. Um, he also managed Bournemouth. Then he left and managed Burnley. Then he came back and managed Bournemouth again. And now he is at uh, Newcastle. So I don't know, actually, if he's that good of a manager because his, his teams with, with Bournemouth and, and Burnley uh, struggled, to say the least. But uh, he's good enough to keep getting jobs, and Newcastle's playing well. So we'll see. Andy's, Andy's pretty young. Players to watch, Alex St. Maximum. Hard not to see him. He's, he's awesome. He's fast as lightning. He's great with the ball. He's got beautiful dreads. I mean, he is, you will, if you haven't noticed him already, you'll notice him. He's, he's amazing. He's fun to watch. Uh, Bruno Gumarish. He's a newer player for them. He's a midfielder. He's uh, one of their newest signings. He's really good. Kieran Trippier. He's a defender, top-notch player. Um, Nick Pope is their keeper. He's one of uh, the, the keepers for England. I don't know if he'll he'll be their keeper in the World Cup, but there's a lot of people calling for him to be the keeper. He's really good. Uh, Miguel Al uh, Almiron, he's a midfielder. Interesting fact about him, uh, he was signed from the MLS. He played for Atlanta United. And I think at the time, and it's he still may be, I think he was, at the time, he was the most expensive transfer from the MLS to the premier league. So often you see it going the other way, washed up European players or older European players with a big name will get signed to MLS clubs. He was one of the first like kind of young up and coming players to go from MLS to the premier league. Um, and then another guy, he is maybe my least favorite player. So even though we call it the Kyle Walker award, uh, one of my probably my least favorite player in all the Premier League is a guy named John Joe Shelby. Um, he looks like a skinhead and he might be a skinhead in real life. He made some racial comments about against the Wolves player a few years ago. And so Wolves fans hate him and he seems to be a piece of shit. So um, John Joe Shelby, you'll recognize him. He's a, an ass. Um, can I, can I just hate him? Can I join the club? I don't have yeah. to like, do I have to sign something? I'm in. No. I hate him too. No. Yeah. Okay. So that is Newcastle. Chris, anything else you'd add? No, you nailed it. Solid rundown. St. Maxim, St. Maxim, St. Maxim. He's awesome. Man, he's so much fun. ASM. Any last minute parting shots guys? It's always Glazers out. Glazers out. Next time I see you, we'll be from England. Can't wait. All right. Safe travels. Peace.